having a plan, having accountability, having your supports and structures. If you feel something wobbling, well, let's let's brace it back up and make sure we have uh, a way to examine it, a way to talk about it, a way to think about it with our people. I think that's the key here is when you have a slip up or a relapse, what it's really revealing is there's something in the structure that is not as sound as it needs to be. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning and go, are these things... Um, in place and are they established well enough that we can lean on them? I'm Angela and I'm Chad and we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. Hey welcome back. Excited to talk just a little bit more about addiction. We realized that we might have missed a couple of things, and probably this could go on forever. That's um, such a huge topic. But there were a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. We really have gotten some great feedback on the series so far and feel like we want to just make sure we cover a couple of more bases. After our episodes, what we tend to do is go back and listen ourselves. I learned a lot from myself, actually. It's quite an interesting process. <laughs> you should listen I'm to like, you. I'm like, wow, I should listen to myself. I would be a healthier person. Um, but, but we got some feedback and started kind of realizing that there were a few really specific addiction things we didn't discuss. And so this specific episode is going to be about relapse. We talked a little bit in kind of the setup of addiction in episode three and four about the fact that relapse can be part of the process, but we didn't really spend time on what happens in your relationship if somebody relapses. It's such a hard thing because if I relapse or if someone relapses, there's this tendency to want to like, like it feels like you started back at ground zero. You're back at square one. You haven't, um, I don't know. It just, it feels really nasty. It's so familiar. It causes lots of the old same feelings to show up. And, and while that can feel that way, I want to say that it's not always the case, that it's not always that you're back at, at zero. Somebody hasn't given up necessarily. I think our whole series up until this point was really talking about proactively. It's a big thing Chad discussed was not the inaction, but, or actually not what I'm going to do, but what I'm not going to do. Was the what I'm going to do, not what I'm not going to do. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> In my brain, it was flipped. But people are like, I'm not going to do this anymore. But we yeah. don't talk about what we are going to do. Uh, all that to say that, you know, we talked about the proactive steps of getting healthy. So much so, the assumption could be now we're all healthy and happy and everyone has moved forward with life. Which, but, yeah. I mean, that's not normally how it works anyway. Addiction yeah. and, and struggles with uh, coping through other other means. That just it's because, fluid. yeah, yeah. And just because we've like kind of figured out, okay, these are some other things I'm going to do. It doesn't mean we figured out relationship or that we figured out how to be together. And so there's, it's a really common thing for someone to, to, to get kind of healthy, stop. And again, I'm thinking about not taking the action. I'm not doing the thing. And, and I'm kind of doing these other healthy things, but that doesn't mean that our relationship has become stable or secure. And then it can also mean that like, hey, I'm going to get triggered again. And heck, it would be only natural for us to relapse sometimes. I'm not saying you should. Don't go do it. And this isn't an excuse and all the things. But, but what I'm saying is 
it's normal for you to have some struggles and do something or lean into something um, or go back to it just a little bit sometimes. I mean, I've heard people talk about relapse that way. Like I didn't go full bore. I didn't go off the deep end necessarily, but I went back and did this this little thing, right? Yeah. I, I had I had one drink and I didn't mean to, I shouldn't have or whatever. And now I have all this guilt and shame and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I don't know how to do to talk to my partner about it. It causes its own kind of mess inside the person who has been struggling. It's interesting because when this series came out, I think it validated some of the couples who are our listeners and gave them permission to write in and say, this was about us and here's the addiction we struggle with, where maybe that wasn't a platform that we had opened up before. And so I heard from quite a few couples actually where it wasn't substance abuse, it was pornography, and talked about what somebody who has been trying to give up pornography and has a stretch of what we're going to call sobriety when they haven't been looking or haven't been using uh, pornography as a coping strategy, and then what it looks like for the partner to find out they were looking again, or what it looks like for the partner doing it to come forward and say, hey, it's, uh, you know, I'm struggling again and where they are. And so we want to first kind of talk about what Chad just mentioned, the idea that it can feel like I've gone back to square one um, because our body is holding how painful square one was when we first found out, when we first started to acknowledge there's a problem here and it's starting to damage our relationship and it, our body stores all that pain, even if there's been conversations, even if there's been major effort on part of the person who is trying to find sobriety and on part of the partner who is trying to show grace, trying to walk alongside, yeah. all the things we set up. Let's say you've, you've got your structures in place, you've got your safeguards in place, you've got relationship, you're, you're owning your own narrative, you guys are having conversations about it, you've plugged into community. Let's say you do a great job of all of those kind of five things that we've talked about in this series, there is still then now we have to test the structure or test the stability, kind of. I don't say it's like we're hoping to test it, but life will give it the test. Yeah. And so what will happen is something hard will show up and and there is a trigger or there is um, a disconnect. And all of a sudden, the easiest thing our brain does is go back to what we were familiar with with for such a long time because all this stuff is new. And it's easy, like Chad is saying, to kind of go, oh, oops, I went back or I did this and I didn't want to do it. And now we've kind of tested, okay, where where is the weakness in the structure? Yeah. And sure. how do we come back and, and talk about what that weakness is? And so one of the reasons it's not the same as it was, square one, yeah. is because you're already having a conversation about it. Yeah. You're already back in, hey, this happened. And even that is a progression from how long somebody maybe was in it before they even had an awareness. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think it makes total sense. I think um, one of the things that I would say is a marker of relapse versus um, just going right back into addiction. So why why we would call it a relapse is that the person who was, let's say the addicted person, I hate to use that language in some ways, but the person who was struggling, right? They they aren't just trying to continue the struggle. They're not justifying it. They're not rationalizing. They're not saying, oh, this is nothing and I don't have to worry about it. They actually are having like a big response to it, which again, not saying, and it's not about the other. It's not about like, oh, my wife caught me doing this thing. It's more like, man, I did this thing or I almost did this thing. Again, relapse sometimes can look like I felt myself drawn into this place. I didn't go down the road, but I felt the struggle and, and, 
And that can be its own like shame trigger. It can cause its own kind of spiral. And then somebody can not talk about it yeah. because they have that shame, because they have that kind of hurt inside them. And, and that causes them to kind of stay stuck with it. It can almost feel like you're still addicted or still struggling with the same topic, um, whether it's as the person who yeah. struggles or a partner of. Yeah. You can feel like we're in the same spot and nobody's even doing anything. Nobody, nobody yeah. has done anything yet. It's funny because in episode two, I think, is when we started to kind of clearly lay out some definitions. And this isn't one we really laid out. And yeah. I think it's important in this that we even define people look at relapse differently. Yeah. Like in recovery, where where Chad and I spend a lot of our time helping others, people come in and a, and a partner of and somebody who is the partner who's using, if, I'm gonna, if we're calling yeah. it that, yeah. um, can both have a different narrative on what just happened. Mm-hmm. Is it a slip up? Is it relapse? What is it feel like in the body of the person and of the partner. So I think for me, if I'm trying to make the distinction, and this is sometimes I'll ask, like literally had this conversation with a wife uh, several months ago about relapse and said, was this a slip up or would you define this as a relapse? And it was interesting because her response was definitely a relapse. He wasn't using this and now he's using it again. That's a relapse. And I said, well, let me ask a couple of things if we can just kind of determine. Did, did you find out or did he come to you? Did he come to you with remorse or did he come to you with justification? Like what were some yeah. of the frameworks of it? And she said, actually, he came to me pretty quickly and was with humility. And I'm yeah. like, wow, that for me is something different than been using for a long time, unaware in denial. Yeah. Yeah. And so even that, while there is use again of the thing we're trying not to use, right? Right. Um, We're not back to square one because we're in a different place mentally. We have a different awareness of that we've gone to it. There's a different response to maybe even the guilt and shame that comes with it. If I have done something and I can come to my partner and say I did it, that shows me a higher level of awareness, lower level of shame and guilt. Because if I'm steeped in shame and I want to hide it, I'm not going to come to you. Right. So really when you're talking about... the difference between a relapse and kind of a slip up, which I know we're talking about things that are really kind of um, anecdotal. This isn't, there isn't a a definition. There isn't a perfect definition, but here I am about to define it. (laughs) I think there are three or four things that you want to look for. The first one is, did I know that it was a problem? Like did the person who struggled with addiction say, oh, this is a problem. What I just did was bad. Now, I would say that's a slip up still. They're saying, hey, this is this is something I didn't want to do and, and I did it. So there's your first marker. It's like they know they didn't want to do it, right? The second thing I would say is, did they come forward with it? Are they able to go, hey, this happened and I want to talk about it? Uh, whether it's with a partner or whether that's in some accountability, somewhere they need to be able to talk about and say, man, I did the thing and, I, and I've got a way to process it. The third thing is, how long did they stay in it? Did they hide it for a month or did they just like one minute do the thing? They had one drink at a bar in an airport, whatever, and and they messed up, right? Like, oh man, I know I messed up. I stopped that behavior. I called a friend. I got things. That is just a, that's a slip up. Yeah. That I messed up. Humans mess up. Yeah. That's not, um, 
I went down the rabbit hole and stayed there. I didn't set up camp. So we're even with this, we've talked about addiction being a continuum, but I think relapse is a continuum too. Um, and so those are just three little quick points I that I'm like, great. you can kind of measure those. Um, and I guess maybe that was the fourth one is like, how long did I stay here? Yeah. I think I said that, but I'm like, it's like, what, what do I do with this? Do I set up camp? Do I set it up as a norm in my life? Or is that something I don't want to do again? I hate to be a stickler uh, for some of these things, but for people that have continually gone to something uh, that's outside of uh, what I would call design for comfort, so we're calling that addiction, when I go to something that's outside of uh, what, it, what we're made to do to get relief, then I um, have a tendency to want to go back to that. So even a small slip up could lead to yeah. relapse, but how we handle that relapse is really important. And so having a plan, having accountability, having your supports and structures. If you feel something wobbling, well, let's let's brace it back up and make sure we have uh, a way to examine it, a way to talk about it, a way to think about it with our people. I think that's the key here is when you have a slip up or a relapse, what it's really revealing is there's something in the structure that is not as sound as it needs to be. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning and go, are these things... Um, in place and are they established well enough that we can lean on them? What does it look like? What does our community look like? What does our accountability look like? What does our access to things look like? And if there are spots that have, I want to say, looseness in them, how do we shore them up? Yeah. I think one of the things that makes relapse so hard in a relationship between a husband and wife that are working through stuff is that once we've started talking about addiction. Let's say it's yours. Mm -hmm. We used, that was the, you know, original narrative or framework that we were using. You were the addict. I was the partner. And we start talking about it and now it feels hopeful. Mm -hmm. And now we've got things in place and we're doing the structures and we have some sobriety and now we're rebuilding trust. We even went into how to do some repairs. What happens then, not that the first whole big situation doesn't feel like a betrayal of the relationship, but now that you've relapsed, it's yeah. not just the relapse. It's also really feeling like a betrayal because why didn't you come to me before? So then there is a relational breach is what it can feel like where I'm more mad, not necessarily that you used and you're telling me after the fact, let's back up a couple of days and how come you couldn't come to me before? Yeah. And I remember working with a few couples on this where there is still the trust being built where the addict says, if I come to you and say, today I really want to have a drink and I'm trying not to, I don't think you can handle it yet. Yeah. And so therefore, I don't know that I can really tell you. And now I'm isolating again. And here we go. That that starts to begin the divide. And it is more dangerous in that disconnect, there's more possibility of going back to some of those old coping strategies. Now, maybe you do go to a sponsor or, you know, add another meeting or do some of those other things. But that's, I think, what a relapse or what a slip up can reveal to us is that the benefit of, of analyzing a relapse is where did we disconnect and how can we turn to each other going forward. And so we, we regroup, we realign, and yep. we now try again for a stretch of sobriety. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. Um, it's kind of predictable. Like uh, you go through 
I don't know, let's say you get six months, nine months down the road, or actually I'll use, I'll use January. Everybody makes a commitment in January. I'm going to do these things, right? Here we and are I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this thing. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to be better. And we push and we push and we push and we put lots of supports in and we put, and especially with something like an addiction, um, let's say a chemical addiction, you've found lots of meetings. You've gotten really consistent with accountability around, you've put everything out of the way and you get nine 10 months down the road, 11 months down the road. And, and all of a sudden the holidays come. Uh, and I literally have told people this. I'm like, Hey, the holidays are coming. There's a pretty good chance that you're going to be confronted with some challenges, family that's drinking or an event and, and family stress and all the stuff. And so not only have we gotten nine, 10, 11 months down the road, but probably we've gotten pretty comfortable in our routines around even recovery. Yeah. And so it's easy to slip out of those routines. So you lose your routine, you lose your structure, you lose your support, and then you go right into the hardest time of the year in some cases. I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying Christmas is hard for everyone, but it's some of the hardest times of the year. And then it's like, gosh, we wonder why people slip up. Yeah. And, and I'm like, if you're going to slip up, I would say about a year out is a pretty common place to do it. And especially if it's around holidays. Yeah. Gosh, I, I know tons of people who do and and have struggles and and then come back in January. All right, we're recommitted, and I'm like, what I would suggest is build in your recovery, build in your structures that can stay yeah. with you in the times that are predictable. I think about even the as you're playing that out in my mind, how quickly it can escalate a cycle. Like we talk about yeah. pursue withdraw or whatever that dance looks like in your relationship, how quickly it will go to blame. You got it wrong. And and that if we could back up from that and say how has our pattern and our connection been during this? Was I resourced to help with some of those rhythms? And I mean, I just think even about our holiday and how chaotic it was and, you know, things that we were normally relying on to add some order to the chaos disappear and we're kind of left to our own devices hoping for the best. That's not a great scenario for yeah. sobriety. And then what it looks like for us to come back and go, okay, that got out of hand. And how do we realign without it turning to a huge breach, betrayal, fight, fear, all of that stuff that comes online? Yeah. That's why it can kind of feel like we're back to square one when we want to just kind of reinforce you're so much farther along than you were, even though it's extremely painful because your body can say, uh-oh, it's about to get really bad again. You actually have more resources than you think. And going back to some of those episodes we talked about, putting those yeah. structures in place, even your ability to have the conversation with your partner about how it feels and what you're afraid of is going to bring you guys back to a place of connection and back to a place of a healthy stretch of behaviors than if you just kind of stay stuck in it. It's great. I love it. So I think that leads us right into our connect point. The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. So here's what we want you to do. Take a few minutes and assess for yourself. How am I doing with structures, with my supports? You know, do I have the appropriate amount of attention and structure around me to make myself feel secure when it comes to whatever I'm struggling with? And, and if there are some areas that you need to 
address or look at, I would love for you to share that with your partner. So we want you to go do that now. Take a few minutes, assess that for yourself, and then share the areas where you'd like a little more support with your partner. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks Thanks again. again.